Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. From the subject, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Uh, I'm excited about this name of God and I have some things that I need to say to you because I believe God wants to meet you right at your point of need. As the names of God are rehearsed in your mind or in your heart and there's a refreshing going on in your memories, in your memory bank, let us rest in the fact that God's name reflects his character. God's name reflects his love. It reflects his covenant-keeping ability. And will he will provide for his people. And he will provide for his people. Not only does will he provide, his name reflects his will. What he will do, what he will not do, what he will save, what he will heal, what he will deliver. And so the name of God is important. I want you to get that name, El Shaddai, the God that is the breasted one. He's more than sufficient to take care of anything that we commit to him. But I want to deal with Jireh, the Lord my provider. And so Yahweh, Jireh, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. And you should rehearse that. You can actually say it. Out of your mouth, my God shall provide for me. My God will provide. And just begin to say that. <clears throat> Even in the face of lack and trial and trauma and issues, God will provide. You know, I've needed God to provide some time for me, and he's done it. He even gave me a little water when I need it. Thank you, Jesus. God provides everything I need. When my throat is scratching, God provides. When I'm dehydrated, God provides. When I'm full to the top, he still provides. When I feel like I'm all alone, he provides a friend for me. And I'm thankful for it. God will provide. God will provide for our needs. Every single one of them. Every single one of your needs, you can rest assured that God is going to take care of it. He is faithful. He is able. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is too difficult for our God. Sometimes he is willing or his timing is different from ours. And, and so we'll be asking him for one thing and he does another. And we say, wow, he didn't hear me. But his timing is always different from us. I'm sure that, that uh, Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to get there before Lazarus died. But Jesus got there about three days after he died. That he might reveal himself as the resurrection and the life. Trust God with the timing. Again, his timing is different, uh, different than ours. And uh, sometimes it's hard to, it's difficult to understand him because his ways are not like our ways. But just trust in the Lord. Maybe we feel that he has forgotten about us. Uh, he hasn't forgotten about you. Sometimes we feel he hasn't heard our prayers, especially when we pray, when we pray earnestly. I want to encourage you, he hears every word. Sometimes we get our needs and our wants mixed up. He didn't say he was going to supply all uh, of your wants. Because some of us get that all mixed up. I wanted this. I asked him for that vehicle. I asked him for that place setting. I asked him for that dress. That's a want. He didn't say he was going to supply all of our wants according to his riches and glory. He said he will supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. Don't get that mixed up. As I often say, don't get it twisted. Other times he knows what is best for us. He knows what's better for us than we know even for ourselves. Just like a good parent. He's a good father. That's who he is. And I'm loved by him. 
He knows what's better for us than we know what's better for us ourselves. And if we learn to trust that, that God knows what's best. Well, if, he, if, he, if it's best for me, how can he let me hurt so much? Because sometimes we get desire mixed up with need. He supplies need. Not always desires. He knows what's best. Just like a good parent won't give a child everything they desire. But you supply their need. Food, shelter, security, education. We can trust him and we can uh, not only trust him, we can trust his timing. We can trust his movements. We can trust his kairos mixing up with our chronos. That all... Things are possible. Let me say that again. All things are possible for him. All things are possible with our God. Even when we can't see our way, we need to understand that all things are possible with God. He is sovereign. He can choose what he wills, but he wants you to remind him of his word. God doesn't really respond to worry. He responds to our faith. I think a few weeks ago I shared with you, lift up your shields. Lift those shields. And your shield is the solid front of your confession, the solid front of your, of your faith. And so as you confess the word of God, if you say it with me, my God will supply all of my need, all of my need according to his riches and glory. Amen. You need to be able to say that when you see a deficit, when you see an issue, God said he's going to supply my need. And if you start putting that out there and believing it, some way, somehow, needs start being met. We can trust him. We can trust his timing. It's always perfect. Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect, and his timing is always perfect. It's always perfect. And that is, all things are possible in his time. Uh, the patriarch Abraham found this to be true, along with his son Isaac. Abraham, in our text, I read to you out of Genesis chapter 22. You may want to read the entire chapter of Genesis 22. But God spoke to Abraham a very unusual request. He told him to take his son to Moriah and offer him up as a burnt sacrifice, which simply means he was supposed to gut him or open him up and take out his, his internals, inter, internals his internal organs, and then burn him on the altar. That's a pretty severe request. But Abraham did it by faith. He went to the mountain like God told him. He left the donkeys or the asses at the base because asses and donkeys can't worship. And you need to learn how to leave some things at the base of the mountain and stop trying to drag it up with your worship. I'm going to keep it clean for you tonight. Too many people get offended, but I'm a modern day preacher. And he left the donkeys. He left the asses, the hairy asses, the stink asses, the donkeys. He left them at the base of the mountain and he climbed Moriah. And he brought his son there and he laid him on the altar and bound him up, you know, and he even spoke. He said, God will provide. Hallelujah. He even told the men that he left at the base, myself and the lad will return. The Hebrew writer says that he believed that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. Think about that. He was so confident in the promise of God, knowing that it was not by his power or strength that the boy came into existence anyway. He waited until his body was dead when he, when he, when he actually produced this promise. It wasn't because Abraham was, was, you know, full of testosterone, that he was taking, uh, what is that, Gen X? <laughs> <laughs> Nugenics. <laughs> he, he wasn't taking a pill every morning, Nugenics, to make sure he was able to be regenerated. <laughs> God waited until his body was dead and his wife's womb was dead, and then he produced this boy and he gave him a promise. He said, I'm going to give you a lad. The wife laughed about it. The angel of the Lord heard the laughter and said, You know what? By this time next year, things are going to be different for you. You will bring forth a son. How can I bring a son forth in my old age? I'm past childbearing. With God, things are impossible. With man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And here he is on Mount Moriah. 
took the lad there. You never hear Isaac say a word. He is totally submitted to his father. It's a good lesson for us when we don't understand the commandments of God and when we don't understand his ways. It just seems to be contrary to what we feel or what we thought. We need to learn how to trust the Lord and then submit to the counsel of the Lord. Isaac allowed his father to bind him and to lay him out and he closed his eyes totally trusting in the Lord. He knew and trusted that God would provide for sacrifice in the place of his only child and that if he had to slay him he was well able to raise him up God is awesome like that and sometimes he'll take us to the edge of our ability where we don't know how things are going to work out and then he su he supplies the needs I don't really know who I'm talking to right now, but I am confident of this very thing that this message is tailor-made. Watch this for you. Well, whoever that is, he's tailor-made it. You need to know that your God is a provider. I don't know if you got a slip. I don't know if something is about to be turned off. I don't know if you haven't talked to a child in a while. I don't know if you got a bad report from the doctor. I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to lift your head up because God says I'm able to provide. Call me Jehovah Jireh. I got enough credit with you already. I've already blown your mind by taking care of a few things that you know you couldn't take, and take care of yourself. And if God did it then, I always said, if he did it then, he can do it right now. What he wants us to do is trust his character. Abraham trusts the character of God when he didn't understand the ways of God. Let me say it again. He trusted the character of God when he could not map out. He could not see how things would work as God began to unfold things. Trust the character of God that he loves you. Because provision, love is the center of provision. God is loving. God loves his people. And God, who loves his people, will provide for you and I. Often it seems that God's test that God test our hearts like he did Abraham. Give up that which is precious to you. Lay it out before me. Sacrifice it. He wants to know what you're willing to give up. That which you love most. Then you see his provision. So the reason why God waits and, and lengthens the time of your wait before he provides because he's testing your heart to see what you're willing to give up for him. Abram was able to give his best to God. And often it seems that God is doing that. He just wants to know, are you willing to lay it down for him? So let me ask you a question. What are you willing to lay down? Now, most of us can get rid of, we do a garage sale, we get rid of what we don't want. But God is after the thing you love the most. Did you slip it before him? Did you put it before him? Did you begin to put confidence in it? All of your resources in it? See, if you, if you give it to God, he'll multiply it. If you give it to God, he'll grow it. If you give it to God, things will happen that will bless your life. When he gave Abraham, when, a, when, he gave, when Abraham gave Isaac to God, Abraham was able to have two grandsons from that boy. One named Esau, the other one Jacob, and out of Jacob came a nation. But if he never gave it to God so God can multiply Isaac through his seed, you never would have saw Esau and Jacob. And there are things that God has hidden from your sight. He has not revealed it to you yet. You haven't seen your Jacob yet. You haven't seen that which will come forth from you in a few days. You haven't seen this unique person that God is bringing out through your loins or out through your business or out through your message or out through the madness that you're going through. He wants to show you what he can do when you give him all and you're all in all and then he will present to you what he's trying to do through you even though you can't see it. I like this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 and you can be sure, scripture says, 
You can be sure that God, this is the message Bible, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. Let me say it again. You can be assured, you can rest assured that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity, his generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. His generosity exceeds your generosity. His love exceeds your love. And his provision exceeds your, your provision exceedingly, even yours, in the glory that pours from Jesus. So what motivates us and what motivates human behavior or human need? If God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory, let's identify need. One of the things that you need to be able to do if you ever experience a robbery, if you ever experience robbery, and I pray that you're very smart this, at this time, don't become lax. I'm preaching a message like lift up your shield, stay on guard, not time to relax, watch that old devil. Devil, you can't have my stuff, you can't have my body, you can't have my mind, you can't have my legacy, you can't have my faith, you can't have my trust in God, you can't have my relationship nor my essential relationships you can have the church that you get that God gave me the ministry that God gave me you can have my esteem you can have my worth you can have my wealth you can have my prosperity you can have nothing you can't even have my finger uh uh, clippers. You can't have my hair clippers. You can't have my Q-tips. Uh, you can't have my toilet tissue. You can't have my refrigerator. You can't have my transmission. You can't have my car. You can't have none of the relationships that, I, that God has given me. You can't have my friendship. I'm not going to let you mess up my friendship. I'm not going to let you spoil the plans that God has for me because they're good. I'm not going to give up just two miles from my destiny. I'm not going to let you have my victory. There's victory in Jesus. Demon experience are not going to have access in my life. God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. You gave me a city not just a corner. You can't have my city. You can't have my state. You can't have my country. You've given me nations. You said ask for the nations and I will give it to you. So I'm elevating now. I'm stepping through the gate. God I want everything that you have for me. I don't want to die and you give me a picture of the things that I could have had. I thank you for revealing it to me now and and I speak it, devil, you can't have my stuff. You can't have my provision. God will provide. He guided me and he will provide for me. And let me tell you, he's providing for you. You need to have faith in God. God is about to do something in your life. The truck is on its way. The brink is right around the corner. God is about to supply your need. He's got wealth that you don't have room enough to receive. He wants you to trust him. Well, I'll preach to the stars. God will supply your need. Stars, you're going to continue to shine. Even though the darkness is in the earth, you're going to continue to shine. The heavens will testify of the glory of God. The planets will testify of the glory of God. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and let the king come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord God, strong and mighty, and mighty in battle. The Lord took me back to my early ministry. I didn't have people in the audience when I first started preaching. I used to preach the frogs. I used to preach the crickets. I used to preach the deer. I used to preach the bobcat. And I'm still preaching to nature in the name of Jesus. You called me when no one was around. And I thank you right now that you gave me faith to believe that this message is for somebody. God will supply all of your needs. So let's identify what the need is and this is what you need to understand anytime you're going to recover anything after being robbed you need to be able to identify what's missing there's a lot of people that say the devil came in and destroyed me he just stole everything from me and I said well what did he take well he took everything name what he took from you I'm confused I need you to name it did he take your relationship with your child did he take your relationship with your spouse? Did he attack your body? What did he take? What's missing? And if we can find out what's missing, 
And if we find him, if we catch him, the Bible says the thief has to pay sevenfold. Not only is God trying to supply your need, he's trying to get sevenfold more back to you. He's trying to bust your mind. God is trying to get everything that the devil stole plus seven times more. Woo, Jesus. And that's why I praise him in advance because I know seven times is coming to me. Hallelujah. Let me read it again in the message Bible. That's Philippians 4.19. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. His generosity exceeds even more even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Let me say it again. His generosity exceeds even yours in the glory that pours, the glory that pours from Jesus. So this is what you need to understand. We focus on need, but God wants you to start looking at the glory that pours from Jesus. You look at what's missing, but God wants you to focus on the glory that's pouring out over you because you're connected with Jesus. Just like God provided for Abraham, he will provide for you, glory to God, a ram that's more than enough. Hallelujah. So what motivates our human behavior. Please take down notes. All human beings have needs. I don't care if they try to act thuggish. I don't care if they communicate. I don't care how hardened they got or how hard they are in their heart. Every human being on the face of the earth has needs. We were all created with needs. They ultimately, they ultimately innately connect or connected with your DNA. Just like you have a DNA, which is the book of your life. In your DNA, if somebody could read it, they'll tell you, this is when you're a little boy, little girl, infant, how tall you're going to be, the numbers of hair that's on your head, the colors of your eyes, when you will get gray, what year you will start turning gray, and how much will you be gray, and how large you can be, or are you prone to become uh, 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 more larger than others, or very thin? It's all in your DNA strand. And within that strand is an innate, uniquely, innately connected need. And it's there. And I'm going to help you to identify certain needs that God is going to supply. Some of these needs deal with our everyday survival. Some deal with our enrichment and our fulfillment or enjoyment. You have a need to be enriched and you have a need to enjoy some things. You have a need uh, to be satisfied or fulfilled. You have a need for meaning and significance. You have a need for purpose. Or for the reason for why you're living. There's a need for you to know that. You have a need for uh, well-being. Or soundness. And contentment or gratification. Let me say it again. That which gives satisfaction. You have a need to be satisfied. You need something to give you satisfaction. You have a need to be fulfilled. You have a need for meaning. To be significant. A need for significance. You also have a need for purpose. Or the reason for living. You have a need for well-being. To be able to rest at night. You have a need for soundness. You have a need for contentment. And gratification to living. And when we look at the motivation of human behavior. There was a study uh, that was done. It was found that some basic hierarchy of needs drives uh, uh, let me say it this way it is found out that the same basic hierarchy of needs drives all human behavior it is needs that drive behavior if a person 
has a deficit, you'll usually see them overcompensate in other areas. If a person has a deficit to, be, to feel significant or they hate loneliness and they feel insignificant, when they wave, they may wave kind of dramatically. Hey! Hey! And you everybody look at them and we like to do that, put those kind of folk on Facebook that do crazy things. Hey! Oh, that all makes us laugh. But when you start checking out the need, they really have a need to be noticed and to feel significant. And they overcompensate with, hey! Some people don't like to be alone. They don't like to be alone. And they have a need to feel like they belong. And so what they do is give themselves to everybody that compliments them. If they ever, that need was met, where they, don't, they felt like they were a part, they felt like they belonged, they would need to give themselves to everyone that compliments them. Because our behavior is tied to our need. The same basic hierarchy of needs drives all human behavior. And here are nine, this is what this study came up with, nine hierarchy uh, the hierarchy of needs which drives our behavior. Number one, we have a physical need for water. And if you get thirsty enough, you will walk until you get it. Now, we don't need Coke and we don't need Mountain Dew and we don't need peach and we don't need all of the things that we like. God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory, not all of my wants. Your body is screaming for some water. A gallon a day will keep the doctor away. A gallon a day will keep the doctor away. A gallon a day will keep the doctor away, even bloating away, even sickness away. You will flush it. You will flush it. You will flush it. You will flush it. Give me a beat. You will flush it. All you need is a little water. All I need is a little water. All I need is some refreshment, some H2O. Drink it. You should drink half of your body weight in ounces. You weigh 200 pounds, you should drink 100, 100 ounces of water. You weigh 150 pounds, you should drink 75 ounces of water. The second basic need, these are hierarchy need the hierarchy of needs and it drives human behavior you need food you don't need mickey you don't need the king you don't need carabas you don't need uh uh ihop you don't need kentucky you don't need uh popeyes what you need is nutrition and nourishment and sustenance you need nutrition you need protein you need vitamins and minerals. Notice, he shall supply all of my need according to his riches. And if you're going to put fuel in your body, make sure you get the high octane fuel. Now, there are people who like expensive cars. And one of the worst things I can see, ever see in my life, when a person gets a new car and they go to the gas station, I'm talking about a nice car, a brand new car, they want to put in regular gas. They do it all. The, oh, man, I'm not spending extra. Man, I'm going to get the cheapest. Don't understand that when you put high octane in a new car, you'll keep the car running smoothly. It's just a few cents. You may have to pay an extra three dollars, an extra three dollars for the extra four dollars for a full tank of gas. But you will save in on the back end when it comes to maintenance. That's what it costs. There are a lot of people when they rent a car. I'm not, pay, I'm not putting no high octane fuel in this car. I'm going to put regular in it. Well, I kind of, I'm used to doing high octane. I know I get more gas mileage. And in the end, I don't have to fill it up as much if I put high octane in it. That's why I try to do that even with rental cars. That's not saying you have to do it. My point is, is that the car wants nutrition. It works better. It's designed to work. It can get along. It can get along if you put the regular in there, but it works more efficient when you give it nutrition that it needs. Now, if we can do that for cars, why can't we do it for our bodies? This is the only temple we've got. Number three, we need clothing. 
You need clothing. This is a, the hierarchy of basic needs which drive behavior. If I took your clothing away, if I took it away, it's going to affect your behaviors. And a lot of parents need to understand this about their children. You can't give kids all hand-me-downs, not in the 21st century. It will drive their behavior. Oh, I'm teaching my kids that clothes don't mean nothing. It's what's on the inside. Really? <laughs> Martin Luther King said, it's not the color of a man's skin that determines who he is. It's the content of his character. And even racists like to say that. But it, <laughs> they still have hate in their hearts. That word didn't change them. They're just quoting words. If you want to get, this is a need. We have a need for clothing. We don't have to have the most expensive, but it should be modern and it should be nice. It should be neat. Kids need to feel like they matter. And if you can do that, if you only have a little bit, that's fine. But before you go and get a lot of extensions and start buying a lot of games, let's make sure we're making sure the kids have clothes. I'm not saying they need a $100 pair of shoes. I saw a little boy had to be two year, years old and he had Jordans on. And I just really felt bad. The kid don't know nothing about that. We're setting them up for failure. Those shoes had to be $100. I want my boy to know he loves. The boy doesn't know what's right and wrong. He wouldn't know the value of what those shoes are. You can get him some clean, clean shoes. And long as they're good and comfortable for him. Because he's growing. He's going to grow out of those Jordans in six months. You, don't, you shouldn't get Jordans uh, until your feet stop growing. Well, I'm preaching anyway. Clothing, that which is appropriate, dress, you need attire. The fourth one is housing. This is a basic hierarchical, basic needs that drives behavior. You need habitation or a dwelling place. Not wandering from place to place or even sleeping in your car. If you sleep in your car over an extended period of time, you need to understand that's not, you're not meeting a need if you can have an apartment or a house. You have a need for housing. For those that can't help themselves, I know a lot of people in California are on the streets. A lot of that is tied to drug use. If you're not on drugs and you got a good job, you need to have some housing. It will change the way you think about yourself. Number five, you need protection. Write it down. It is the act of protecting. I didn't say you need guns. In America, you have the right to bear arms, but you need the act of protecting, protection. Protection. You need to be able to protect that which you've got, God has blessed you with, either based on locks or prevention. That's the next one. Number seven, we have a need for prevention, a need of prevention or defense. And you would say, Bishop, what has that got to do with me today? It got everything to do with you because when these things are missing, it drives behavior. When people don't feel like they have security, they start doing things that they shouldn't do. The next one is security. A state of being free from danger. And that's why uh, if you can, you get your kids out of danger zones. If you can't help it, then you can't help it. But if you can get your kids out of neighborhoods where people are firing guns right in the open street like it's Texas in the, in the 1800s, the wild, wild west. Here's another one. We should be at number eight, am I right? Number seven, prevention. I talked about protection, security, and prevention or defense. We have a need to prevent things from happening. That's where fear comes in. And you got to be able to manage your fear. If you don't understand the need for prevention, your fear will become phobias and you still won't get nothing done. Number eight, self-actualization. self Actualization. What does that mean, Bishop? I'll explain. And then the last one is significance. We have a need for significance. 
This is a study that was done. This is a study that was done and it proved this is their findings that these nine things, these nine things really drive the behavior of most people in the earth today. Let's go back to self-actualization. Most people, all people in the world have a need, um, a, a need for the realization or the fulfillment of your talents and your potential. That's why if you got a bad grade, most people, that it bothers them. Or if you don't like your critique, it bothers you. Because of this need for self-actualization. The world can break all of that down where you just like a take it or leave it and you don't care. But you need to understand that God has put this inside of you. And then significance is the quality of being worthy of attention. The quality of being worthy of attention. What does that got to do with my need? Well, God understands these needs and he will supply all your need, your self-actualization need, your significant, your need for significance, the need for you to be, uh, feel protected, the need for security, it's all in the word, the need for protection, the need for housing, the need for clothing, the need for food. Give us, give us our needs, give us this day. Our daily bread, not only spiritually, but physically. And give me some water. Jesus even thirst and went to the well as the woman was drawing water from the well. Actually, your body is designed to eat at least three times a day. And that's why when I pray, especially when I go to a restaurant, I always ask God to touch the child who hadn't eaten in 24 hours. Somewhere in the world. And when we start thinking about others who haven't eaten, this is a need. And that need will drive kids to do things that they shouldn't do. I was in the Philippine Islands in uh, 1985. And I was standing uh, outside of Subic Bay, uh, which is a naval base there in Alongapo. On the main drag there. And I noticed, I saw these group of teenage girls, maybe 13 or 14, wearing high heel shoes, but they didn't know how to walk in them. And as they got close to me, their faces were painted and they had wigs on, but they didn't know how to dress themselves with it. And they were trying to walk provocatively, but they weren't skilled at it. And I said, are they a prostitutes? It hurt me to the core of my heart because there were no laws and there was no one governing the behavior of folk. And so I felt compelled to go into the, the, the pizza uh, parlor there. And I, I bought two pizzas and I brought them out. They were steaming hot. And I laid them on the ground and those same girls ran to them. And they devoured the pizzas. And I realized that what was driving them to do that wasn't that. It was a need that wasn't met. And it just really developed in me a sense of not becoming a pious peacock or a Pharisee that looks down my nose on the behaviors of our society and talk about what God can't stand and what God don't deal with. And we don't have any love in our heart to see that a much of the behavior in our society is all tied to needs that aren't met. That's why he raised up a church and he will supply all of our needs. We can't touch all needs, but there's some things, some temporal needs and spiritual needs. If you get them fixed, he will give you the strength to carry on. Glory to God. And so this study brought out nine needs, but I went into the Bible to see how can I find the needs that God said in his word we have. The Bible identifies human needs as well. The first one is physical needs. Matthew 6, 30 through 34. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields. Matthew 6, 30 and 34 
which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry saying what shall we eat? Talked about physical needs or what we shall drink or even water or what we shall wear or even clothing for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but he says this is how you get your physical needs met seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and he will all add all things unto you or he will meet every one of your physical needs if you learn to seek first the heart of the king and his domain. Glory to God. The most obvious needs are physical needs and God recognizes himself that you and I have obvious needs and he has not forgotten about it. The next need that I found in the word of God is the need of safety or security. This is how God deals with it. First Peter 5 and 7. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Now he said if you seek first the kingdom, I'm going to take care of you physically. Let me just help you. He's a fence all around me. God is my refuge and my fortress, my very present help in the time of trouble. And you need to see first Peter 5 and 7. Cast the anxiety on him. Cast the anxiety on him. Cast the anxiety on him for he loves you. He cares for you. He is concerned about your safety. So cast the anxiety of your safety on him. For he cares for you. That means you got to let it go. Do what you can in the natural, but stop worrying about what you can't worry. You can't take care of in the natural. You're not God. You're not El Shaddai. You're not the all. You're not omnipotent or all knowing. Cast it on him. Get it off of your shoulder and let God deal with it. Get it up. Get it off of your shoulder and God will work with it. Glory to God. Before I close tonight, I'm going to pray that God protect you from COVID-19. Here's the, the, the next one. There's a need of love. Every belief, every person, the Bible has already wrote it out. There's a need for love or belonging. You'll find it in Romans chapter 8 and 35. What shall we then say? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Then he goes through a litany of things. Hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness. Here you see another need. Danger, you need security or sword. That's how you pronounce it, not sword, it's sword. The W is, is silent. Sword, remember that. If you ever teach in the Bible, you go to some people talking about the sword of the spirit. People will be looking at you weird. It's not apostles, it's apostle. The T is silent, apostle. It's not epistles, it's epistle. Now, I'm not picking at you. I used to make those mistakes, and I was corrected. I was teaching in a Bible college. I said, turn to the second epistle of Peter. And this guy said, that's not how that, that's not pronounced that way. I said, how is it pronounced? He said, the T is silent. It's epistle. I said, thank you very much for that correction. You know what? Here's the law of first truth. My pastor spoke that. He would say, epistle. And all I did is follow what he was saying. I didn't even check it out to see if he was pronouncing it well. He said the apostles. And that's what I did. Said the apostles. Since we were talking about King James anyway. Thou's and thus's. It's not human language anyway. I thought it was just King James. Epistles. So I'm not picking at you. I'm telling you where I've come from. And if I can make some changes and not wear my feeling on my shoulder, you can do the same. God said it in his word, that's Romans 8 and 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship, shall persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword? And it goes on. 
And you can read it there from verse 35 on down. And you will see where he ends. Paul said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. God loves you. I don't care how down you get. You could be feeling bad for yourself. You can feel really bad about what you're doing. But God still loves you. Don't let the enemy. We got these windows we need to close. Don't let the enemy come in through these cracked windows. I found it in the Bible. Here's a need of self-esteem and self-respect. A need of self-esteem and self-respect. We are one in Christ. Why would he say we are one? Because he's saying, I'm going to share esteem with you. I'm going to share respect with you. I'm going to share a little bit of my glory with you. Because God wants us to feel good about ourselves. He went into covenant with Abraham, knowing that Abraham couldn't keep his end of the bargain. So he put him to sleep. Read the, the text. He put him to sleep. A deep sleep fell on the man and he went into covenant with himself. So Abraham could have good self-esteem. And when you start following God, he will build your self-esteem. I believe in my early 20s, I was plagued with low self-esteem. And I recognized it. And God, I began to take it to him in prayer. And I realized if you got low self-esteem, you will overcompensate in other areas. You will hang out with people you shouldn't hang out with. You'll be drinking with people you shouldn't drink with. You'll be doing things with people you shouldn't be doing it with. And God has to build up your self-esteem so you can say, you know, no, not me. That does, No, I can't do that anymore. I had to change partners. had to change parties. I had to change groups. I had to change stuff. And I had to get into a zone where I can feed my potential. Glory to God. I can't be around parasites that suck life from my potential. I got to be with people who add to my potential, who add to my esteem, who add to my abilities. At the same time, God helps you by sending them a fiver shelf in your life. You can't just have all powerful people around you. You need some wood, some stubble, some earth. And Jesus had them all in his house. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I had a man come here uh, at the church and it really hurt me. And he, uh, I don't know if he's, if he's still here. I'm talking about on the earth. He came in and will come to the sanctuary and sit on the front row and with the worship and then walk out. Then he came in one, one day and asked, could he see me? You know, we got the COVID-19 thing, trying to keep everything sanitized. I said, okay, come in. Make sure you keep your, keep your distance. Keep your distance. But sat down with him, man. He was really pleading for help and, you know, going through a divorce and all kinds of things happening in his life. And I don't have the power to help him right now. The doctors said he, they've given him up and all of this. And he rolled up his pants leg and showed me his legs. And I've never seen anything like that. It almost looked like they were being eaten from the inside out. And it really grieved me. I've never seen anything it, it, like that. And it just, I still feel funny. I wish I hadn't seen that. A person walking around in our lives with that kind of thing going on in his body. And I prayed for him. He received it. And I believe the Lord helped him. One thing he didn't lack is self-esteem. For some reason, when he was a young person, he was affirmed. He lacked health, but he didn't lack self-esteem. He wasn't looking for a feel sorry for me party. And it was amazing to me to see his tent dissolving, yet his esteem was high. We have a need to have good self-esteem. This is going to help you. We have a need of play. A need of play. Or laughter and even humor. You don't need Eddie Murphy making you laugh. You don't need Saturday Night Live making you laugh. But this funny thing should make you laugh. I never, ever, ever liked my dear until recently. And every time I see something like the reunion with my, I can't stop laughing. It's just the way, the way she say things or he say things. Which one I don't know. But the way, the way, the way. My dear talks, that's the character, right? The way she talks about stuff and the way she disciplines children, it just, I don't know, it just makes me laugh. Let's look at what the word of God says about this need he will provide. Proverbs 15 and 30, a cheerful heart, scripture says. That is the NIV, a cheerful heart. 
Glory to God. Guess it's not the NIV. A cheerful heart. <laughs> and good news gives health to the bones. Let's read it. Put it back up on the screen. That's Proverbs 15 and 30. Light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. So just having a light heart, some of us are way too serious every single day. But just being able to laugh, being able to giggle at times. The Bible even say a merry heart does good like a medicine. It's a good Rx for you. Here's another need we have. We have a need of knowledge. A need of knowledge. And that's why people today are surfing Facebook. They, they, they're surfing all types of books. They're searching knowledge. But you need to search the scriptures. You need to search the scriptures. Now, if you want to get educated, read a book. I think you should read a book a week if that's what you want to do. You should have a library of 52 books. There are books that are recommended that you should read. All people should read these 100 books. You should have a knowledge of politics. You should have a good knowledge of how economics flow. You should have a knowledge of how the government works here in America. You should have a knowledge about world economics, macroeconomics. You should know how the stock market works. You should know, know about the national, international banks and how they work. You should know about predator lending. You should know what the wolf is in terms of injustice and who the, the, the wolves are and what the lion is. A lion uh, kills by suffocation or by constricting the, uh, the windpipe of its victim. It does not eat while the animal is alive most of the time, but wolves do. In other words, you have lending, you have stuff going on in our society. It's like a lion taking the life. The lion overpowers and then suffocates. And that's what happens with the big and the powerful in our land. And then you got people, predator lending, they're just trying to tear you apart. They wouldn't care if you ever came back. And so there are good things you need to know. Get the information. You have a need to know. A need for knowledge. Just remember what Paul said. Knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies. God will supply the knowledge. But get a knowledge of the word of God. In context, you can't pull a scripture here and pull a scripture there. You got to know who Paul was writing to. Who was Jesus speaking to? Matthew was primarily spoken to the Jewish people. That's why you see certain things as it relates to what he says. Because he's talking to them according to the law that they understand. When we've been delivered from the law. And then Mark was written to the Romans. You need to know that. Luke was written to the Greeks primarily. And John was written to the world. If you want to know the scriptures, then get in depth in it. Get the real teacher. Get somebody that can instruct you so you can do a survey of the Bible and understand how to rightly divide the word of truth. Many believers, many people have taken a verse and ran off and started a denomination with it that you got to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and Jesus only. That's what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. And if you don't do what God said in Acts chapter 2, you're not saved. What? Then what do you say to Acts chapter 10? The same man, Peter, before they was baptized, Holy Ghost fell on them. Were they saved when the Holy Ghost fell on them and filled them? Or were they saved when they got in the water? You decide. That's why you need to be around a teacher. And whole denominations have divided people from their truth because of knowledge. But we also have a need for understanding. It is the wisdom key. And she cries in the streets. And we need to listen to her cry. She will not be comforted. Knowledge without understanding of that knowledge is unprofitable knowledge. And we want to be profitable. I'm almost done. We have a need. It's a need in you. God identifies it. It's a need for beauty and aesthetics. That's why people spend multi-billions of dollars every year in America for makeup and for uh, uh, hygienics, what is it? Nugenics. <laughs> Men want nugenics 
and ladies like Max. Billion dollar industry. I got to look good. Devil loves Prada too. We have a need for beauty. That's why in America, you can be a, a nice looking person. They just let you in any party. I show up, they close the door. Your name is not on the manifesto. Nice looking dude walk up. Come on right here, doc. You right on. Come on through, man. You look like a movie star. Come on in, doc. Well, God didn't give me all of the gifts. Only a few people believe that I look pretty decent. And I'm grateful for the few that believe I. But there is a beauty that's deeper than skin. We have a need for aesthetics. But the scripture says that he beautifies the meek. He beautifies the meek. If you want beauty, he beautifies the meek by putting on the adoration and the adornment of salvation. You want to be beautiful? Let him save you. You want to look beautiful? Let him save you. Let him transform you. Let your mind be renewed. I was watching a YouTube uh, channel and saw this man who didn't look, didn't look attractive, but when he started speaking, I forgot. Because he was dropping some knowledge that changed the way he looked to me. Bishop Jakes, when he first got on television in an interview, he said, I never thought people would love me the way they do because I didn't look the way that most television evangelists look on television. I don't look like a Fred Price at the time. I don't look like a Carlton Pearson. I'm overweight. I'm dark-skinned from West Virginia. But when he opened his mouth and began to say, get, 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 get ready. Something happened in the nation. When he started preaching to women, woman, thou art loose. Everybody forgot about how the big man looked and they began to run to the meeting because people are being set free. Their minds are being aflame, setting the flame. They got a new lease on life. Jesus was revealed. He beautifies the meek with salvation. And I'm ready to pray my closing prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pr first pray against COVID-19. Then I'm going to pray a prayer of provision for you. Are you ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you praise for being our provider, our protector, our security, our provision. And I thank you for creating the space between us and this disease, this virus. And I claim and decree and declare, Father, that you are protecting your people especially those of us that are under the blood and those of us that are practicing and doing what we're trying to do, what's required of us, Father. I thank you for doing that. I even thank you for those that are wayward right now that say, that's not me. I thank you, God, for protecting them because if it was them, we're going to have a whole nother story. And Father, I thank you for mercy. And I just decree and declare that mercy rests upon your people, those that are a little bit out of the way and those that are compliant. Let your mercy rest on them I come against COVID-19 and its strength in Florida I cast it down in the name of Jesus though the governor is trying to open up the economy give these men wisdom Lord give the president of the United States balance and wisdom and all of the evangelicals, all of the preachers, and all of the folk who follow him, Father, I pray that they will write a letter to him and ask him to tone it down. Father, there are evangelicals who won't speak the truth to the president because he throws out a few judges and he gives some things away. But I thank you, Lord God, that you want to stop this disease. So he's the most powerful man on the earth. Give him wisdom, God. I pray for him. I pray for his knowledge and understanding. And I pray that you would tone him down in the name of the Lord. Give him balance in his thinking. And we will give you praise. Christians, join with me in a prayer, provision, and protection. Heavenly Father, I pray. And I praise you. I praise your holy name. That you're both our God, our provider, and our provision. You give us all that we need according to your riches and glory. Both physically and spiritually you meet our needs. 
You yourself are provision for us. Your life for us, your light for us, your health to us, wholeness in us. You are the way, you are the truth, and you're our savior in our life. You're even our friend. Father, I thank you for telling us secrets. Thank you that you've provided, you have provided all that we need according to your holiness and your righteousness in Christ Jesus. And that in Christ, we have all that we need. All that we need to live godly in Christ Jesus. All that we need to live holy. Keep us ever looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, I pray. Thank you for helping us not to stray away from your commandments as you enlarge our path and heart. Thank you for embracing us lovingly. And Father, thank you that you have promised to supply every need physically, emotionally, spiritually, according to your riches and glory. And thank you that you love me so much that you sent your son. You loved us so much. You gave your only begotten son for us. You put in the plan that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for Jesus, Father. Thank you that he died on the cross and paid the penalty, the price for our sins. We rejoice in him and we receive every provision according to our need in Christ and according to your riches and glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.